until we got to the page with my parents. And on that page, it says, Marie adopted daughter. I was their biological daughter, and they did see me that way. But at the same time, I wasn't. I'm standing in this living room of this house I've never been in with this family that's supposedly mine, but I don't feel part of it exactly. Marie was a late discovery adoptee, which means she had no idea she was adopted until she was an adult. It really seemed like her parents had never intended to tell her, and she found out by chance. She went about finding her birth family in a really strategic way before the internet was a big help. Now she's able to see that the expectations you might have during these reunions won't always be met, and can depend on a variety of circumstances. She has written a memoir about her experiences finding her birth family, and understanding that she can be more than one thing, and that's okay. Here is my interview with Marie. At what age were you given up for adoption, and where were you given up for adoption? So I was given up for adoption at birth. I actually spent 11 days in the hospital. I found out later, not with my bio mom and not with my adopted family, so I always wonder about what my experience was in those sort of lost 11 days. So you didn't find out you were adopted until you were in college. Tell me a little more about how you found that out. Yeah, so I was going to college about an hour and a half away from my parents' home. And I would come home on the weekends because my job was back in their town. So I would stay with them on weekends while I worked my job. And one weekend I came home from college and I picked up the mail. And the rule in our house was if your name's on something you can open it my parents weren't home so i got the mail and in the mail was this big manila envelope and it had their names and mine on it and so i thought cool i'll open this and i sat at the kitchen table and opened this manila envelope to find this really cool handmade like stapled together family tree book that a distant cousin of my dad's had put together. I'd never met this guy. I didn't know him at all, but I just sort of knew his name. And he had sent it apparently around everybody in the family. And my dad and I were really into genealogy. My dad's family is a pretty well-known family in Northern California. And so we'd been doing genealogy all our lives together. And I was really excited. I sat at the kitchen table and opened this thing, read through every page until we got to the page with my parents. And on that page, in typical family tree design, there's two lines that says my parents' names and a line coming off it that says mine, except it says Marie adopted daughter. And that was the first time I'd ever had any clue that that there was something different. Of course, I was very in disbelief. I thought, well, God, this guy got this wrong. I mean, why did he put that there? I felt embarrassed. I felt like, wait, no, no, no. I'm really, I'm a legitimate person in this. What do you mean adopted daughter? So I just felt this, this sort of sense of panic, like this guy didn't know who I was. And then I was really their daughter. And I was like, what is this adopted thing? I don't know what this is. So how did your adoptive parents feel when you confronted them about it? And do you think they ever intended to actually tell you that? Yeah, so what I did with that, uh, I was so panicked. I was so worried. I took that 
document and I went back to school with it. I didn't even confront my parents because it was like a Sunday. And I was like, okay, I'm going back to school. I'm taking this. I'm going to show my friends. We're going to figure this out. And I kept it there. My friends and I conferred. They all thought it was weird because they all knew my parents. And they're like, no, you can't be adopted. That's really strange. But after about two weeks, I thought, oh, my gosh, this guy's going to call. He's going to call my family. And they're going to be like, hey, what would you think of the genealogy document? And I have basically stolen it. So I thought, well, I got to talk to him about it. How am I going to do this? Well, I was closer to my dad. So I thought. And he's kind of more logical anyway. This would be an easier conversation. So two weeks later, I went back on my typical drive back home. And my dad was in his office one day, and where he spends most of his time anyway, as an accountant. So he likes playing with numbers. And he was sitting in there, and I walk up, and I'm like, hey, dad. Hey, I got something to something to tell you about. We got this thing in the mail. I was really excited. And I showed him the document. You know, showed him it was his family tree and started walking him through the pages. And of course, since we were genealogy people, he was pretty excited. And then we got to that last page and I said, so dad, yeah, there's just this one thing. Um, it's kind of weird. And in this last page, it, it says adopted daughter named Marie. Why do you think he got that wrong? What, 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 what's going on here? And I said it kind of with that enthusiasm. And my dad, who was six foot four and 250 pounds at the time, turned the most ashen white I've ever seen him turn. I mean, this is a guy who's very stoic. And he just looked like he couldn't even stand anymore. And he said to me, I think you better sit down. And then I felt ashen inside. And I was like, what? And I sat down and he said, well, it's true. You are adopted. And we never wanted to tell you. And I said, what do you mean? You never wanted to tell me. He's like, well... Because it would hurt your mom. Now, a year before that, I had found out that my mom was adopted. I grew up believing I was Italian and German. Dad was German. My mom was Italian. Met her Italian family. And this year before, when I'd found out my mom was adopted, I'd done so also by accident. I was sort of rummaging through my dad's stuff and just being snoopy. And I'd found a letter from the Bureau of Indian Affairs and I had confronted my dad at the time about that. And I said, what is this? Why are we getting mail from the Bureau of Indian Affairs? And it was a similar thing. Sit down. I'll tell you something. Your mom is adopted. She's ashamed of being adopted and being Native American. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to talk about it. So don't ever bring it up. So when I'm confronting my dad about myself a year later... We're, we're tying back into this story, which is to say that, you know, according to him, the reason we didn't talk about it, he never mentioned it, was because of my mom's own shame around her own adoption. And so he told me, don't say anything. I'll tell your mother when I'm ready. And I went back to college with this big, huge burden and just set of feelings like that I was suddenly overwhelmed with just what do you mean I'm adopted what does this mean who am I then who am I to you who am I in this world like I've spent 22 23 years believing I was their daughter and that genealogy was mine and that heritage was what it was and I got my height from my dad and all these things that you come to know when you're you know, believe you're biologically related to people. So this shock was such a shock to the system. And I was left alone sort of in my experience to go just figure it out and sit with it while my dad considered whether or not he was going to tell my mom. 
Wow. You did mention that you had a friend that was also adopted. Were they able to be there for you at that time? Yeah, so my my best friend was, who I'd known since high school, early high school, was super supportive at that time. And interestingly enough, and we talked a lot about it, but at the time, you know, it was just being like any other friend. A year after I found out I was adopted, and she was snooping around in her family's home and also found out she was adopted. So we bonded in a whole new, different way after her experience because now she was living what I had been living we could go through that the trauma of finding out accidentally with parents who didn't want to tell us because her parents were similar didn't want to tell them and she had to do a similar thing confront her family it's such a burden right to confront your family and say hey what's going on (laughs) you know Yeah, well, it's good that you had her at least, you know, you had somebody that kind of understood what you were going through. Yeah, yeah. We've been lifelong friends about that, and and we've gone through many, many ups and downs. So eventually, I decide I'm going to go find my biological family. And I enlisted the help of many of my college friends, but my parents and I weren't talking about it. So on my own, I just started sleuthing. And this is before the internet, right? This is in the 90s, and so... You know, I'm on like a mainframe computer at college, dot matrix computers and, you know, looking up online phone records and trying to find this family. I found out that I was adopted through a private lawyer. So there was a little more information than a lot of adoptees have to go off of. And so I just started pulling up phone lists. And between me and my friends, we started calling people and pretending to be other people to try to figure out who was who in the zoo. I mean. At one point, we called my bio mom's father, unbeknownst to us, and we pretended to be my bio mom's long-lost friend from high school. And he's on the phone. He's like, oh, yeah, I I don't know any, I don't remember any friend from high school named such and such. And we had to, like, make it up on the fly. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, Yeah, you probably don't. I mean, we were friends in, like, math class, you know, that sort of thing. But we didn't want to reveal ourselves too much in terms of, like, I wasn't sure. If yeah. I what if I ran into my actual bio family? I wasn't totally ready for it. I wanted to dance around it. So by calling people and trying to figure out who my bio family was without really, you know, acknowledge it directly was sort of was what I was doing. I mean, in a way it was weird. Like I was perpetuating my own lie that I had been given by then not even being willing to admit up front why I was calling these people, making up stories. It was strange. Yeah. And it was a strange thing to reconcile. Yeah. I mean, it had it had to be scary, the thought that you might get one of your biological parents on the phone, though. You know, you don't really know what to say. What are you going to do if you do get them on the phone, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I wasn't ready. It was, uh, it was a lot like diving into a deep end. And, you know, and of course, all this time, I'm still... I'm wanting to know who I was, but I also am still clinging to the person I had always known myself to be, right? I mean, most people understand that they're adopted from a very young age or from birth even, like their parents always tell them. So you're always reconciling that as you grow and develop. But to find out later, I mean, it's like being hit with concrete. You don't have a schema in yourself to suddenly catalog all this information and it's quite it's quite massively overwhelming yeah I mean you grew up thinking you're one person and now you're being told you're somebody else so trying to deal with that had to be really hard at that time 
It was, yeah. Yeah, it was. But eventually I did find my bio family. The most easy was my bio dad. And I just remember calling and one day having the gumption to say, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do this. And calling and leaving him a message and saying, hey, I, I reached the right person. But if you happen to have a baby girl and... Arlington Heights, Illinois in 1972, call me. (laughs) It's the strangest voicemail I ever left. But he did call you, right? He did. Yes, he did. He was very excited, actually. And he was, like, really thrilled. He apparently had been trying to drop breadcrumbs every place he went for much of his adult life, hoping that maybe I'd pick up on one of them and, and find him. So the funny thing was, though, and the really additional sort of strange part was he said to me well your bio mom and I are divorced she lives in Chicago he was living in South Carolina at the time and said so I'll let you get in contact with her I have her contact information but I can't do that yet you're gonna have to wait and I'm like why do I have to wait like that sounded like my dad what do you mean I have to wait and he said well because I've got to go back there and talk to her because you have a brother a full-blooded brother older than me and he said and we've never told him that he had a sister so he had to make this trip to chicago and meet with my brother and my mom to like break the news to my brother where i could contact her all of it so strange like this is multiple generations and multiple threats of people wanting to keep secrets having kept secrets and then forcing me to the sidelines while they figured out what they were going to do with the secrets that they'd kept Yeah, that's crazy. So you eventually did get in contact with your birth mother, and you've met both of your parents and your brother as well? Yeah, and my brother, yeah. And I have a half-sister, and then much, much later, I found out yet another half-sister, another person that had been kept secret from the family for a while. So yeah, so I have a brother and two half-sisters, and I've met them all. I've met met most of the family, in fact. I've been back for weddings and things like that, at least early on. Things were really great early on. And through all that, I never told my parents back home. Like, I was leading a dual life. And again, I was perpetuating the very thing I was angry and bitter about. I understand that in retrospect now. But back then, I felt justified in it. It was so strange. I went back to Chicago and South Carolina without ever telling my parents where I was. But, you know, I grew up an only child, and I talked to my parents all the time. I saw them all the time. I was home all the time. And somehow I managed to leave my own lies and deception for quite a while as I tried to figure out my biological family and to figure out where they fit in my life and what it was going to mean to me. And I think in retrospect, that was part of why I didn't tell my parents. It's like, well, maybe this is just going to be nothing. Mm -hmm. And so there's nothing to tell. Or maybe it's something big. And then I guess I have something to tell and I need to figure out what that is. So how did your adoptive parents react when you finally did tell them? You know, it was, it was, it was, um, how would I describe this? Uh, I mean, they were fine. They also just really didn't want to talk about it much it was kind of like oh okay you could have told us thanks for telling us now and then that was sort of it like I could count on one hand in 30 years how many times my mom has brought up my biological family in in the sense of like and she always does it with such heavy tentativeness it's just so thick when she asks how is your how is your brother? Yeah. And you answer, and then she's like, ooh, we should make a cake on Sunday. 
You know, it's just just not a conversation they want to have. And because they never plan to tell me, I don't think they have any room necessarily for assimilating that I have might have this other life. Exactly. It's like they acknowledge it now, especially my mom, my dad has Alzheimer's. So that doesn't happen anymore. But, but my mom just, I think just doesn't have a schema for it until recently. So I told you my mom was adopted and you know, I spent a year thinking I was half Native American, and I've spent the last 35 years trying to find her biological family, and much of it against her will, like, because she really just didn't want anything to do with it. But I was so determined, because I had found my biological family, I'd found my best friend's biological family, and now I was determined to find my mom's. I was determined to put the whole story together, and about a year ago, I did, and made contact with her biological family, only to find, you know, she's got living brothers and sisters, half brothers and sisters on both sides of her family. And at 86 years old, 85, when she found out, my mom learned for the first time that she had biology in the world. And it was such a shock to her. Like I watched her go through the exact same processes that I'd seen myself and my friend go through as she reconciled this idea that she never had in 85 years. Oh my gosh, I've got siblings and they're alive. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I can talk to them. And she didn't remember anything about being with her biological family. No, really. My had a very traumatic life, as you might understand, from being Native American in the 1930s and 40s. It wasn't a really great time, right? Mm -hmm. And she was quite ill and sent to a um, sanitarium where she lived for many years before she was adopted out. And then never legitimately adopted because that wasn't allowed back then. So there was a lot of trauma for her all those years. And she remembered little bits and pieces. Like now in this last year, we've talked about how she remembers being on a a ranch and there were kids running around. But she remembers, you know, little bits and pieces of a a dirt floor of being hungry. She remembers those things, but not in any like continuum. It's a shame she went through that and it gave her such a, a bad feeling for all of it yes but also you know even if she hadn't I mean that was the way of the times I mean yeah. and I, I'm sure as you've talked to other people who are adopted especially in that era I mean between the 1940s and the 1970s closed adoptions were a thing and and in particular psychologists told parents hey don't tell them they're adopted it's better for them psychologically that they don't know and I think my parents were also Trauma aside, I think they also bought into that. Okay, okay, we won't tell because that's going to be better for her. So they were doing it out of not just trauma reaction, but out of just trying to do the right thing. Yeah. But it was such the wrong advice from psychologists of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And on the other side of it, they were telling birth mothers and birth parents to, you know, kind of ignore it, act like it didn't happen and move on with your life. Right. And they ended up traumatized for life, too, for that, because there was no permission to speak about it or to feel the grief that they were feeling. Nobody Mm -hmm. prepared the birth mothers for that grief. Nobody prepared the adoptive mothers for the burden they carried. And then subsequently, the adopted child, the burden they carried for from from both. Right. 
So what was it like meeting your biological family? And did you feel like there was like kind of a honeymoon period where you were still getting to know them and everything was really good? Yeah, I mean, meeting them was terrifying, like overwhelmingly terrifying. I remember my first trip back to meet my bio dad and he had a lot of the family there, my sister and my grandmother. And I just felt like I'm standing in this living room of this house I've never been in with this family that's supposedly mine, but I don't feel part of it exactly. But at the same time, it's like the most wonderful thing in the world. And just... I can't, overwhelm isn't even the right word. It's beyond overwhelm. If there's a word in some culture somewhere for beyond overwhelm, that's what this was. And it was magical and beautiful and it was wonderful to meet them and and to see how much similarity we had watching hand gestures and voice inflections and the way people moved. I mean, just the smallest of detail. I was an, an analytic watching every single micro movement i don't know if they were doing that of me because they were just sort of living life and here i am just saying ah yeah welcome back yeah but for me it was much more precise and we went through this you know things were great for a lot of years with with most of them i traveled to both chicago and south carolina to see them and kept in touch and you know talked to them on the phone and and i definitely for a long while felt like I was like as much as their daughter as like my brother was, you know, for a while Mm -hmm. I felt like that. And then it changed. And, and I think it changed in part because that whole relationship was fragile to begin with. I was their biological daughter and they did see me that way. But at the same time, I wasn't right. I, I hadn't lived life with them. I wasn't integrated into their culture, the culture of their geography, I, you know, I'm a West Coast girl, and they're like, what are you, you know, there was a lot of things <laughs> yeah. that didn't work, and I think just sort of, we just didn't have enough foundation for us to ha- maintain that same level of honeymoon. Yeah, yeah. there's so many things that factor into that that I don't think a lot of people take into consideration, like you were saying, like geography, if you grew up religious, if you had a higher education. I mean, there's just so many things that can make you different still, even though you are their biological child, you know? It's so, so true. And nobody prepares you for that. You can't prepare yourself for that. Like, wow, you know, my brother and I talk with the same inflection. If he was on this interview right now, he'd sound just like, and that's awesome. But he lives in the Carolinas and he lives in a different world. And we don't, we don't know each other's worlds and the values and things that we were brought up with are different. And there's no bridge for that. It's not like two siblings who grow up together and end up different. At least you can say, yeah, but remember when we were 10 and we played that trick on mom? There's no history to like tie back to, even when you're different. So are you still in contact with your birth family? Some of them. I don't speak at all to my bio mom and very, very rarely to my bio father. In fact, it's probably been well over a year or two since I last spoke with him. I do talk to my sister. She and I ended up the closest. And and funnily enough, we probably have the least in common, but Hmm. we ended up, of all of them, probably the closest. And then I have a cousin who looks a lot like me, I think, who I've been in contact with. In fact, both of them came out this summer for my wedding, and that was amazing to have them there along with my adopted family. 
and my friends, some of which, including my best friend, who I'd known since high school, who had heard about these people all these years. They finally got to meet them this summer. But not everyone. I don't really talk to my brother, which is sort of one of the saddest things for me because he was the thing I was the most excited about when I found out that I was adopted. I'd grown up begging my parents for a brother, begging them, and my mm. mom saying, no, 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 you're already too much work. We don't need any more kids, you know, that kind of joke. But I really deeply, deeply wanted a brother. And so when I learned that I had this full biological brother, like it was the most exciting thing in the world to me. But unfortunately, we just don't have much of a relationship. Our lives have no reason to cross. Do you still have a close relationship with your adoptive family? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now, you know what? I'm very loyal to my parents and they're quite elderly now. My dad has Alzheimer's in the home my mom just trying to navigate the world without my dad at her side and so I'm sort of the I'm back to being the third leg of the stool that I always grew up <laughs> believing I was so yeah I mean my parents and I are very bonded in that in that sense and I'm very loyal to them but we don't talk about adoption stuff except you know on occasion maybe my mom's new siblings and such but mostly it's just it's a don't ask don't tell world yeah. And we never talked about it, and we never do now. So it's left me most of my life just kind of figuring out how to hold that space on my own. And I think it made me stronger, but I, at the same time, I also always feel like I'm living with, like, this this knot of, of trauma that sort of is down deep in my gut, and I'm always just trying to keep it from coming up and bothering me. Do you think that your expectations were met about what, you thought it would be like to find your birth family or do you think that that wasn't really the case it's funny you asked that question the last time I talked to my brother was a couple of years ago he said something to me that really stuck with me is like you expect too much stop expecting anything from any any of us you have parents you have what you need like stop oh. stop asking for more Wow, And I think I was, and you know, as much as that was painful to hear and I hated hearing it, it was the most poignant thing I think he said in that conversation, which was to say, maybe I was expecting to have two families and for those things to feel really integrated. Like, wouldn't it be cool if all of my family got together at Thanksgiving, yeah. or, you know, and, and you know, my, my, my daughter's family is going to fly out here all the time to see my kids. But the truth was no. That wasn't what they were ever going to do. And I do think I probably walked around with too many expectations that couldn't be met. And because that's what I wanted. I don't know that I understand their experience enough to know what they wanted. So you've been working on a memoir that documents your journey and your experiences. Can you tell me a little more about that? Yeah, the working title of the memoir is Apple Fallen Elsewhere. Just kind of related to the apple not falling far from the tree when you talk about genealogy. And it is a lot of what I've just shared, talking about the journey of finding out as an adult I was adopted and, you know, how I came to reconcile that. There's parts in the story about my mom's experience and my friends. It touches a lot on the culture of adoption in that era, the notion of being a late discovery adoptee, which is the term for somebody who finds out when they're an adult. And I weave it with also coming to terms with being bisexual, which is interesting just from the standpoint of believing you're one thing 
And then having to come to grips with understanding yourself as something in between. And that's how I ultimately feel in my adoption story, too. I've come to rest that I am something in between. I am not fully my parents' kid, and I am not fully my biological family's kid. I am not fully straight, and I'm not fully gay. And those two journeys happen simultaneously. So the story is a lot about this notion of being what I call my both sides now story. Right. So kind of coming to terms with the fact that you can be more than one thing and you don't have to like label yourself. And you don't have to try to force yourself into being, you don't have to integrate at all. Right. You don't have to be, you know, have both your family there at Thanksgiving. You don't have to live exclusively as one thing or another, but you can be fluid in between. And that's okay. That's an okay place to be. But it took me 20, 30 years to really like noodle on that enough to go, oh, I get it now. Get it now. I'm okay. <laughs> it's yeah. okay to be right here. It's okay to be who you are, basically. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what advice would you give to people who are thinking about starting the journey of finding their own birth families? Yeah, I think the advice I'd give you is go do it. Go find them and be ready for anything. And you may encounter disappointment with your expectations. I did, but that's okay. Go find out what it means to you. Like, I think a lot of people don't search sometimes because they're just terrified. Like, what if they reject me again? Yeah, they might. What if it's bad? What if all those what ifs, I think, weigh people down. And I think it's great to understand your what ifs and really look at them. But then go try to search. Go see what you can find. And then you might find what come out of it is different than what your fears were. Even if they don't necessarily accept you or they're not alive or whatever the case may be, there still may be a nugget you get out of that that you aren't expecting. And it's worth the journey to figure that out because it may mean something different to you down the road from here. It will change you as a person, and but change is good. It will grow you as a person and growth is good. So do whatever you can to try to go find them and don't let your fear stop you. Well, thank you so much for letting me interview you and make sure that you keep me up to date on your book so that I can share with everybody when it comes out. Fantastic. I'll absolutely do that. Really appreciate it. you or someone in your family has been touched by adoption and would like to speak about it, please email me at whathappensafterpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please check out the Instagram for the show to see pictures of my guests that they were so kind to share from the reunions. On the next episode, I'll speak with Heather, who had a confusing start to life and is still finding out new pieces of her adoption story. Listen next time to find out what happens after. Thanks for listening.